On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the Model S has a record-setting day at a legendary track, Model 3 gets its much-anticipated U.S. government safety rating, another price increase on a certain option, software version 9 is getting a big new feature, and much more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Welcome to episode 164 of Ride the Lightning. Yes, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one's for September 23rd, 2018. I uh, had an excellent birthday this past week. Uh, this weekend in particular, in fact, as I record this Friday night, I'm just going to hopefully be doing some fun stuff this weekend. I want to do a, a nice drive down the coast. Uh, and then another thing that I hadn't planned on doing is... Uh, doing a little, uh, shall we say, civic duty. Uh, maybe not duty. It's, uh, it's, it's purely volunteer work. But I had a very interesting tweet thread with Elon uh, this week, on Friday specifically. So get this. So there was an article on inside EVs. And they had an inside Tesla source claiming that this week there would be a huge Model 3 push. They claimed their source told them, 7,000 Model 3s looking to get delivered in this final week of Q3 to try and get, you know, just as many cars delivered as possible in this never-ending and immediate quest for profitability for Tesla. So I saw that, and I read their story, and I thought it was really interesting. I was like, man, 7,000 is a lot. And I decided to tweet Elon something I've thought about in the past. And so I said to him on Twitter, quote, a lot of Tesla drivers, or pardon me, Tesla owners, myself included, would be delighted to volunteer for free to help with deliveries in times like this. We can't do their paperwork, but we can do orientations. It's fun to educate new owners and see their joy and enthusiasm. And I'm, of course, I'm being wholly sincere about that. I mean, I think a lot of us uh, love talking Tesla, whether it's to just somebody, you know, the friends, family, neighbors, people you just that, that come up to you at a supercharger or at a grocery store or whatever, I think a lot of us enjoy that. I know I really do. I enjoyed it very much back in my DeLorean days. I love talking to people about that car, and that is something that for me has carried over to Tesla. I mean, I'm, I, I have 160 now four, I guess 65 episodes <laughs> of proof that I love talking about Tesla and spreading the enthusiasm and, and, you know, getting, uh, information out there. So, you know, I just put that out there and I honestly, I didn't think Elon would reply to that. I was hoping he might see it and just, you know, think, Hey, the thoughts nice. There's that there are owners out there that, that are, uh, thinking like this, but, uh, he, he did write back to me and he, uh, he said this, Quote, wow, thanks for offering to help. The coming week is incredibly intense. If any current Tesla owners who'd like to help educate new owners could head to Tesla delivery centers during midday on Saturday and Sunday and morning or, and ev or evening on weekdays, that would be super appreciated. So I was very much not expecting, like there, there are 
tweets that I'll send him where I think, okay, I think he's got a, a good chance of answering this if he see if he sees it. That's always the trick. Is you know, the guy's getting guy's got twenty something million followers. It's tough to get him to see it. But I, I I was very shocked in a pleasant way to get a reply on this and for him to reply like that to not just you know say thanks that's lovely lovely of you to think of us but yeah he he accepted the call so uh, and again my offer was not a hollow one I meant it so I plan to attend I'm gonna go to Fremont tomorrow as I as I'm recording on Friday night so Saturday which will have already happened by the time. 99% of you hear this podcast. So uh, I'm going to head there, and I have to say, this this seemed to trigger a wave of enthusiasm. Once he acknowledged it and, and put it out there like that, it, it just triggered this huge wave of enthusiasm. Uh, Jason Calacanis, who I, of course, interviewed on the show recently, a lot of you uh, heard that, I hope, he said he lives in the Bay Area. He he said he would he would go on Sunday. Bonnie Norman, who a lot of you might not know, she is she's been in the Tesla community forever. She's an original Roadster owner. I would consider her the the matriarch of the Tesla community, and I mean that in the in the sweetest, kindest, most sincere way possible. She said, "Well, she because she's up in in uh, the sort of Washington State, Portland area. She's gonna. She said she was gonna go to Portland and and just uh, help out up there, and just this, this wave of people replying in a positive way to this. And so I'm thinking, I, I'm gonna go tomorrow. That's the plan. And then maybe if the schedule allows, and if my wife would permit it, without." me risking a divorce because I don't want that. Maybe I could sneak over for a midday one day next weekend as well. Cause you know, next weekend is going to be probably extra insane since it is the end of the quarter. So I would say this, if you do want to help this week or this weekend, please do contact your local Tesla store or delivery center first. I did send an email uh, just before I, uh, started recording here tonight and I'm hoping to hear back in the morning. And if they do write back and tell me, please, you know, thanks, but no thanks for whatever their reason, there could be a million different reasons. I will of course honor and respect that. I don't want to be in their way, but you know, I have to say, depending on how this goes, this could be a thing that we might be able to better organize in for next quarter, because next quarter is going to be, and future quarters, this is going to be a, a big push next quarter. And, and let me acknowledge too, I'm not taking credit for this idea at all. Um, I know that other Tesla owners groups have done this kind of unofficially, quietly uh, at end of quarters in the past. I just happened to, you know, the thought occurred to me as a new Tesla owner to put it out there and Elon acknowledge it. So I, I, I definitely want to acknowledge the people out there that have already been kind of doing this, uh, not in the shadows per se, but, but just doing this already quietly. And, you know, it's just, again, it goes to show. I, it's something, there's something I said that I really meant on, I believe it was last week's podcast, when I said that the Tesla community is only what we make of it. And so that's why I want to, I'm going to, I'm waving it at other Model 3s 
And I think this is exactly that kind of thing. You know, there, there would be a million reasons why you're either, maybe you don't live close enough to one, you don't feel comfortable doing that, you're not interested in doing that. There's no obligation, obviously. But if, you know, if you've kind of got that, that uh, bug inside you like I do the, to want to talk to people and, and really spread the, the uh, good information and help people. For me, it's like I said, I, I, I meant exactly what I said in the tweet. It, it is fun for me to see the joy and enthusiasm of people taking delivery. Like I, I lived it. I lived it with mine. You guys heard a clip. You know, you guys heard my delivery episode. You know, it it was a thing that meant a lot to me and and was a big day for me. And if I can help, if I can help Tesla, you know, make that a better experience for other people taking delivery, I, I'm I'm more than happy to do that. So uh, we'll see what this looks like in a, in a week or so. I'm not going to bring my recording equipment, anything. I, I don't want to make any content out of this. That's not what this is about. It's not content for the podcast, so I'm not going to have any clips or anything for you next week um, with the way I normally would with with a Tesla event. But yeah, if uh, you know if if you end up doing something like this, I'd love to hear from you. Call in, share your experience. I'll give you the call in info later. Although regular listeners know it, but so there's that. That was the big thing that broke uh, today. Well, Friday, and then the the other quick top of the show note I want to add is. Uh, I'll send an open invitation out. I mean, I encourage you to go on Facebook through the proper channel here, but I was invited. Uh, there is a, well, not, I mean, I was given a heads up, not, not like specifically invited, but the My Tesla Adventure channel, uh, their Facebook page, they are putting together an event on this Wednesday, the 26th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Sacramento Raceway Park. And it is Tesla's at the drag strip, and I've said it. This is this is a Tesla bucket list item for me. I've always wanted to take certainly the Tesla to any car to the drag strip. I've just never I've never done it because I've never had a car that I that was really suited for it until now. So if you want to come hang out, maybe if you're if you're in the Sacramento area, Northern California area, you want to come on up. Come on up. I mean, this will be my first time trying it and I'm really curious to see how it goes. I'm I'm uh, looking forward to it. So there's that. Wanted to float that out there as well. And again, you can look you can look up the event details. I mean, I've given you the the basic stuff there, but if you look on the Facebook for My Tesla Adventure and look on look on that page, you'll find everything you need right there. Okay, back to the Tesla news for the week. It was a very busy week and that was before this little exchange with Elon tonight. So uh, let's get right to it with this. That sound you hear is the Model 3 being awarded a five-star crash rating in every category by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration here in the United States. The primary categories for this test are overall front, which includes the subcategories of front driver and front passenger. Then there's overall side, the subcategories there being side barrier and side pull front and rear, and then side barrier driver and rear. And the third major category is rollover. And in Tesla's case, there is a, so there's a dynamic tip result. No tip. Car did not 
tip over, no doubt largely in thanks to that center of gravity being so low with that stiff, heavy, rigid battery pack in the floor of the car. Elon taking to Twitter to comment on this, saying, quote, NHTSA will post the final safety probability stats soon. Model 3 has a shot at being the safest car ever tested. A Tesla piece on the physics of car safety is coming soon for those interested in the technical details, end quote. This is great news for all of us, whether you're a Model 3 owner, a Model 3 reservation holder, uh, because guess what? You and your family will be in one of the safest cars in the world, possibly the safest car in the world. By the way, the other two safest cars in the world, the Model S and the Model X. And of course, it's certainly good news for Tesla itself. You know, the, the car, if you think back, the car was designed to do this. And so it's outstanding to see that Tesla's design once again is delivering on the promise of safety. Remember, uh, Elon said it himself at the original Model 3 unveiling on March 23rd, March, 20, March 31st, 2016, almost exactly two and a half years ago at the reveal, Elon said this. Uh, first of all, I want to start off by saying the Model 3 is going to be an incredibly safe car. Um, we really believe at Tesla that safety has to come first. We, we care about you. We want you to be safe. We want your friends and family to be safe. This is paramount. The Model 3 will be, not just be five-star on average, it'll be five-star in every category. So there you go. Elon Musk, true to his word from two and a half years ago when the Model 3 was first designed. And also, by the way, if you are curious, the actual sound effect that I played earlier, the, the three crashy sounds in a row, those were from the actual Model 3 crash tests. The, so the, that was from the frontal crash test. Uh, next up this week, the Model S had itself a great day at the track. This coming via Franz von Holzhausen's Twitter, he of course being Tesla's chief designer, and uh, the driver, Emil Boré, says, quote, working with the development engineering team at Tesla during a track day at Laguna Seca, by happenstance, we managed to complete a lap in a minute 43 uh, and 06 with a completely stock Model S P100D, breaking the overall production EV lap record by 5.12 seconds. Happy happenstance, I'd say. Smiley face. So a congrats in order to Emil. Uh, that is awesome that they just took a took a P100D to the track. And in the right hands, it did really well. It, it uh, blew away the old EV lap record at the world-famous Laguna Seca track that's about an hour and a half or so south of San Francisco here. I've never been there. I'd love to go sometime. Anyway, I... I wonder, seriously, like, I do wonder, it, could th that record be breakable by the P3D? And I say that, you know, obviously the, the Model S is, is a quicker car, but just because with the lighter weight and the track-friendly brakes and track mode, with all of the, with, uh, those sort of hard, hardware-software combination, I wonder if it's possible that a, three, a P3D could, could run Laguna Seca quicker than that. Or if, again, the, the Model S is brute power, is simply enough on its own to keep it quicker around Laguna Seca 
Very, very cool to see this. And I was happy to see that on Franz's Twitter account. He doesn't tweet too much. He's no Elon Musk in the Twitter department, but when he does, when Franz does tweet, it's usually something fun. Well, we move from some good news to not super good news for this week. Notice I'm, I'm burying the bad news in the middle of the show so that you can we can get it out of the way and get back to feeling good and enthusiastic and having fun, which is what we're here to do. Well, multi-coat red paint on any Tesla you prefer is now going to cost even more money than it did before. It's now up to $2,500 on all Teslas. Now, it's been, it had been $1,500 on SNX for pretty much forever. But on the Model 3, it, it debuted, it was $1,000 for some reason. It was the same cost as the other paint colors. I've, I've talked about this at length in past shows. But then eventually they did bump it up and gave it parity, and then it went up to $2,000. And now here it's $2,500 which is, uh, you know, a good bit more than the, than the other colors. It's, a, it's, it's not, it's a good bump higher. And I have to think that it's not really about profitability in this case, the way that a lot of the other price adjustments I think have been. I feel like here it's probably due to the complexity of that paint job. Elon himself has talked about the, uh, the tint in the clear code and, uh, that it that it is you know it is a multi coat it is trickier, and that they've you know that they have to turn you know shut the whole plant the whole paint uh, assembly line down and to to switch over to red and he made the joke about it looking like an episode of Dexter in there, so my suspicion is that the complexity of of the multi coat paint specifically multi coat red uh, means that it makes Tesla less efficient and they're trying to be as efficient as possible to try and get profitability here in Q3 and and Q4 as well. So I think this $2,500 price tag now is meant to discourage as many people as possible from ordering red so that Tesla has to do batches of red less often than they have been doing. So you can still get it, unlike Obsidian Black and Metallic Silver, which are now gone, but Tesla does not really want you to do that. They, they, please, please choose another color is what they're implying with this, if my, if my gut is correct. But there you go. Wanted to pass along that news, though it's, it's not great news to have to report. Hopefully, the price will adjust downward again at some point. You never know. I wouldn't necessarily get my hopes up for that, but it could happen. You know, the, the, the S and the X overall have, have come down in price in various ways here and there, but we'll see about, about paint jobs. Next up this week, speaking of paint, but more so body repair, Elon Musk took to Twitter to discuss body work and body shops with Tesla, which has been a, you know, a topic of concern and justifiably so. I've had callers in the Ride the Lightning hotline that you've heard from that have, that have waited months for parts uh, and parts and, and or repairs. Um, you know, I, I expressed that. That was one of my questions that I asked that got answered or got addressed by Elon at the shareholder meeting, uh, you know, given the, the scaling up that's that's happening on at such a rapid pace for Tesla that can they keep pace with this? Uh, and, and so Elon took to Twitter and said, quote, 
Tesla is bringing most collision repairs in-house, as outside firms take weeks to months for repairs, driving Tesla owners and us crazy. Exciting to see some Tesla collision repair operations already completing within 24 hours. Aiming for same day soon, then under an hour. Goal is for the repaired car to be better than before the accident. It should always be true if damaged uh, or used parts are correctly replaced with newer parts. And that was the end of his his bit there. Now, uh, tech YouTuber Quinn Nelson, want to give him a shout out here for getting this out of Elon. He said, and and fairly so to Elon, I thought the inability to supply parts to said repair shops was the issue, not the shops themselves. To which Elon did reply saying, quote, Outside repair shops are jack-of-all-trades, which means supporting thousands of makes and models. Tesla Collision Repair specializes in three. Having all parts in stock and not waiting for insurance approval also make a world of difference. So he didn't exactly deny uh, Quinn's statement there, but he simply sort of reinforced his goals with the in-house, the, the you know Tesla-owned and operated service centers there. Now, Elon is right, but Tesla also needs to get better all around, not just with their own body shops, though I do think that that based on how well vertical integration has worked for Tesla in so many other facets of the company, that it probably makes sense to vertically integrate this as well. You know, vertical integration, it's not right for everything. In In fact... If I remember my American history classes in high school correctly, the United States eventually implemented laws to stop the flagrant abuse of vertical integration. But here in Tesla's case, I think they just do things so differently, you know, that Tesla doesn't follow the traditional playbook in what they do. So I think it does make sense for them to control the top to bottom aspects of something in-house, whether it's body uh, and collision repair or seat manufacturing or something like that. Um, I will say for me, if I, if I ever need to bring my car to a body shop, hope it doesn't happen. I would much rather take it to Tesla themselves. I really would. I just feel much more comfortable that it's going to get done right. Now, uh, my friend Kim Uh, Kim and her husband, PJ, from the Like Tesla YouTube channel, they recently had a a great experience themselves in getting their Model 3 repaired correctly after uh, they had a a mishap with their bumper and front fascia. It suffered damage, so they got it turned around quickly, and it was all done quickly, painlessly. So let's hope that that starts to become the rule rather than just the exception, which I think for now we have to say that that is, that is the exception. So as, as these uh, Tesla owned and operated body repair centers become more ubiquitous around the country, hopefully that will indeed become the rule. Next up this week, I guess I wasn't, I wasn't uh, done with, with bad news just yet. Here's a little more. Bloomberg reports that Tesla is under investigation by the Justice Department over the public statements made by Elon Musk regarding the privatization push. This, uh, this comes via Bloomberg. 
The criminal probe is running alongside a previously reported civil inquiry by securities regulators. Federal prosecutors opened a fraud investigation after Musk tweeted last month that he was contemplating taking Tesla private and had, quote, funding secured for the deal, said the people who were granted anonymity to discuss a confidential criminal probe. The tweet initially sent the company's shares higher. Tesla confirmed it has been contacted by the Justice Department, and their statement is, quote, Last month, following Elon's announcement that he was considering taking the company private, Tesla received a voluntary request for documents from the Department of Justice and has been cooperative in responding to it. Uh, We have not received a subpoena, a request for testimony, or any other formal process. We respect the DOJ's desire to get information about this and believe that the matter should be quickly resolved as they review the information they have received. End quote. Well, as financial advisor Ross Gerber noted on Twitter, as the fudsters, as I you know like to call them, were they were spinning this to sound as absolutely dire as possible. Ross said, quote, current DOJ criminal investigations include Wells Fargo, Microsoft, AstraZeneca, TV broadcasters, Verizon, and AT&T. So he's saying, uh, uh, oh, sorry, and there's a little more. And of course, Volkswagen. (laughs) It's a long list. Not that I'm happy Tesla is on it, but it is far from the end of the world. In fact, it seems minor compared to the others. Well, let me try, as always, to be even-handed here. I do think that Tesla may may deserve to be penalized. Maybe. I mean, when you just sort of look at this from the outside with, with what public thing we had to look at, in hindsight, Elon probably should have never tweeted what he did on that without being on the total same page as everyone else in that company internally. I do believe Elon, to be clear, I believe him when he says that he was just trying to be transparent. The thing is, he could have still done that by letting his legal experts vet the whole thing before he said anything publicly. And and as it turns out, just again, hindsight being 2020, Elon could have saved face because we know how this ended. It ended with Elon saying basically, uh, never mind about privatization. But anyway, I mean, if if Tesla does get penalized on this, it's it's likely to be nothing more than a fine. I seriously doubt from everything that I've read on this, that there are going to be any truly dire consequences to it. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. You'll probably see some negative headlines uh, on this over the course of the investigation and, and how this goes. But that seems sadly to be par for the course these days when it comes to all things Tesla. Next up, uh, I want to go to a phone call here. Just take a quick a quick pause and go to the Ride the Lightning hotline to hear something interesting that was sent to me by uh, loyal listener Jerome in Lake County, California. He heard this ad on one of the news networks on Sirius XM. So it was the radio version of one of the, the major news networks. He, re- he was able to record the ad and send it in. Take a listen to this. 
for details. This is an advertisement by the Dampier Law Firm of 55 North Section Street, Fairhope, Alabama. No representation is made that the quality of the legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Attention anyone who traded Tesla stock after CEO Elon Musk tweeted that he may take Tesla private and had funding secured. If you traded Tesla stock and sustained losses, you may be entitled to significant cash compensation for losses on those trades. Visit teslatweets.com right now to find out if you qualify for significant compensation. That's teslatweets.com. Tesla has been subpoenaed by the Securities and Exchange Commission and sued for federal securities fraud in connection with the tweets. Go to teslatweets.com now to see if you qualify for compensation. Billions of dollars in market cap were lost after this now famous tweet. If you traded Tesla stock after Elon Musk tweeted that he was taking Tesla private and had funding secured, you may be entitled to significant cash compensation for losses on those trades. Go to teslatweets.com right now to see if you can see compensation. Just go to teslatweets.com. That's www.teslatweets.com. teslatweets.com. So did anyone else's mind just go numb after that? <laughs> First of all, yes, it's normal to repeat the phone number or website URL of your business a few times during a radio ad. You know, you want to try and get it to stick in people's minds. But my goodness, was that gratuitous. Boy, were they trying to stuff that down your throat. Uh, when I first screened that call, I'll tell you, my wife, she was nearby. And even she went, my God, that was her reaction to it. It was, that was, it was gross. That just almost to me reeked of desperation. But uh, probably, if I had to guess, this, that, short, that, that site rather is probably run by short sellers trying to make Elon hurt. But I know, you know, that's just me speculating. I, I did go to the site, by the way. Uh, it's pretty standard thing that you've seen before. You know, the sign up here to be part of this possible class action lawsuit kind of stuff. It, it reminded me of those, if you or someone you love worked around asbestos and has now developed mesothelioma, you may be entitled to monetary compensation. That's what it reminded me of, one of those commercials. So anyway, uh, feel free to take a look if you're curious. I don't, you know, I'm, I don't want to uh, make up your own mind for you. If you want to go to the, the website, which I'm not going to repeat because you just heard it 37 times in a span of 60 seconds. You're welcome to check it out if you're curious. But my guess is that most listeners to this podcast will be more likely to chuckle at this than actually join it. But that's just me. Let's get back to some good news. So that, that's all the bad news for the week. That's all the not fun stuff. Back to fun stuff. A really cool announcement here. Dashcam. We've talked about Dashcam before. You know, a lot of people like to get them uh, installed in their new Teslas because they can do a great job of, of capturing vandalism or an accident, uh, things of that nature. And, you know, for a while, Tesla owners and, and enthusiasts have, have wanted Tesla to say, hey, well, can't you utilize the eight onboard cameras to just use, use the built-in stuff to have, that, have the car do that? And Elon has addressed this multiple times in the past saying, okay, yeah, we're, we're working on it. And now some really good news is that it's coming soon. Elon's saying, good news on this front, Tesla engineering rallied, and this will be part of V9, meaning software version nine. It says, going through final testing now. So I then replied to Elon because I was curious. I, I said, so like the initial release of version nine or a subsequent release, such as, you know, 9.1, something like this. And he kindly 
uh, clarified that for me. He replied to me saying, yes, albeit a beta version, it will improve with version 9.1. So there you go. I think it'll be very interesting to see exactly what kind of functionality this is going to have, both in the initial beta release and in the more, I don't want to necessarily call it final, because Elon didn't say that, but the more fleshed out 9.1 release. I, I do think to just set expectations, I think it would be a bit foolish to expect the same level of audiovisual quality and functionality that a dedicated high-end dash cam would provide. But that being said, I, I really hope that this is something that can be useful in both passive and active ways. I would love to be able to activate any of the car's cameras at any time from the Tesla app on my phone. That would be cool. In addition to, of course, you know, sensing having it sense movement that's close enough to the car and have it auto record for, you know, potential vandalism. And, and then if it's, if the car sensor senses an accident, it saves the last 30 seconds of footage from all the cameras, something like that. So, uh, since that beta is supposed to be shipping with 9.0, we should be seeing that in the next 30 days or so, which is just fantastic news. That is a big new feature being added to all of, of the Tesla fleet. That's great. Also from Elon on Twitter this week, some insight into what he thinks of the referral program, which has, you know, been running for a good couple years now. But it does seem that it will be coming to an end sooner rather than later. Still don't know quite when, but Elon was asked if international reservation holders, of which I know I have many out there in the Ride the Lightning audience, who, you know, those folks obviously don't have referral codes of their own yet to be able to participate in the referral program. Well, one of them asked Elon about that very topic. And Elon said, we'll see what we can do. We really need to bring this program to an end while being as fair as possible. It's not sustainable long term. Well, uh, I'd love to see it keep going, certainly. But I do see where he's coming from. Uh, I... I really thought, I'm sure I said it on the podcast, I really thought it was going to end once the, the Model 3 production ramp hit 5,000 cars a week. And it certainly, it has been throttled down now. Uh, by the way, a clarification on that, you know, I'll give you my referral code later if, if you or uh, someone you know happens to be buying a Tesla, but uh, it's, it's no longer, it's not a, a year of free unlimited supercharging, but it's $100 credit which depending where you are, like in California, the kilowatt hour rates of the superchargers are higher, but in many other parts of the country, they're pretty low and hundred dollars will actually last you quite a long time, uh, potentially a year, maybe even a touch more, you know, maybe depending on again, your driving habits. So that is a little tweak to the program there. But, uh, I guess the bottom line with this is I wonder if, if maybe we'll see the complete and total end of the program sometime this year. I hope not, because I think it's great for more people to get to participate in it. I think it's, it's, it's a win-win for everybody, for Tesla and for the referrer and for the referee. So we'll see what happens. For now, it is still going. Next up, confirmation from my friend Trevor Page at Model 3 Owners Club. First, he got a website, a bit of data on this, and now he's got actual proof. So 
There is a key fob for Model 3. It's about to roll out. I don't know, I don't have the more, any more details on it for now. I suspect by next week's show, there could be more to this, but originally Trevor had posted a screen grab on the Model 3 Owners Club Twitter account from a Canadian government website, which shows the search results for Tesla on a radio equipment list that's registered with the government. And right there, plain of day, it says, hardware version identification number 1133148. Look it up if you're Canadian. Product marketing name, Model 3 Key Fob, which is about as clear as it gets. And it's got a certification number and approval date that having uh, been on August 8th. And then just before I, I sat down to record the show this week, Trevor actually posted a photograph of the Model 3 key fob. So Elon Musk making good on his word about this. You'll remember that this really became, this issue came to the forefront in the uh, Consumer Reports evaluation of the Model 3. You know, that the, they, were, they were doing a lot of constructive feedback on the car. Elon spoke to them on the phone about their concerns and, and actions were taken, including this. So the question now is simply, when will this roll out to customers? And also, how? How will it roll out to customers? Presumably, again, I, my money is on this not being free to anyone, be they existing owners or brand new owners. I suspect what uh, it's going to cost some something if you want this, but uh, the question is how much. I, I look to the Model S and Model X, key fob replacement costs as a, as a good ballpark, kind of a barometer for this. And those are about $100 a piece. So we'll see where the Model 3 key fobs net out, but they are happening. So if you're a person that has a lot of trouble or frustration or just no interest in using your smartphone as your, as your key, now you're going to have uh, the same option that an S and an X owner have for this. Finally this week, again, the end of a ton of news, just a hugely busy Tesla news week. My friends at Tesla Roddy report on an updated supercharger idle policy. So you'll remember that this was implemented, gosh, a good couple of years ago now. So Tesla has updated the flat idle fee of 40 cents a minute, uh, which you know goes into effect if if you leave, if you've got your car plugged in at a supercharger and the car finishes charging, and you leave it there, Tesla starts billing you, billing your account 40 cents a minute. Well, now that's been updated so that if the supercharger station is 50% occupied, you're gonna get an idle fee of 50 cents per minute. If the supercharger stalls are all occupied, if the station is full, 100% occupied, you will be charged a $1 per minute idle fee. Tesla notes, this is again still via Teslarati in the supercharger FAQ, the FAQ, that drivers, drivers will be granted a five-minute grace period during which a fee will not be incurred. But once this grace period passes, the driver will be charged for the five minutes and each additional minute after that. So you, if you go past the grace period, you don't get a grace period at all. So bear that in mind. Uh, and Tesla noting that vehicle owners will continue to receive reminders through the Tesla app when the vehicle is nearing its intended state of charge. Also introduced in today's supercharger pricing structure update is a $50 cap. Listen to this. This is important. 
wherein supercharger access will automatically be disabled if there's an outstanding balance due for supercharger fees, either incurred through idle fees or just pay per use, and, w- and when a credit card is not on file. Supercharger access will instantly re-enable once the balance is paid. Tesla will also have the ability to grant supercharger access to a vehicle remotely in the event of an emergency. The pricing update and software release are being implemented in North America first, followed by a global rollout. Well, I have to say, I don't think this is a surprise at all for two reasons. Number one, you guessed it, the common refrain on the last few podcasts, including it's come up today, that quest for profitability. And the other reason, number two, is that the reality is the Tesla fleet is getting much bigger, so much bigger, and it's happening very quickly. So Tesla needs to police this more diligently so that customers have the very best experiences possible at the superchargers. I certainly don't have a problem with this because if you're done charging, you should get out of there and just just as... Tesla owner etiquette, you know, again, we talk about being good to each other and making the Tesla community awesome. Don't leave your car plugged in if you're done, you know, just uh, kindly move your car out of there. And and the fact that the car warns you via those push notifications on your phone, you know, even if you're having a meal with your family in the restaurant next door, you can just pop out and move the car before those fines start incurring for you. So be mindful of that. All right, that wraps it up for the news this week. As usual, plenty of excellent calls lined up in the Ride the Lightning hotline, which I'll get to for you right after this. This is the part of the show where you call in. We get your voices heard with your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. Please call in to this, the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's two easy ways to participate here. You can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder software and just email me the recording. Please try to keep it, as always, I kindly remind you, minute, minute and a half tops is perfect. So you can email that to teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call in and leave a message anytime, day or night, on the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline, and that number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Kicking it off with David, a new listener, wants to talk a couple different topics on David's mind. Let's hear him out. David, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is David. Just got done listening to one of your podcasts. A new listener just discovered you a month or so ago and really enjoy your podcast. A couple of quick questions uh, real quickly, if I may. Um, one is with autopilot, which I really love. I'm not quite sure where to put my foot. Um, I keep it kind of like hovering over the brake because I am a little unsure about it sometimes with the stop and go traffic or if the car comes, you know, in front of me and cuts me off. So I kind of keep my foot in front of the brake, 
but my foot gets tired very quickly. I'm kind of curious, where do you keep your foot um, when you use autopilot? That's my first question. And my second question, if you have time, um, I also got the red multi-coat uh, paint color, and I love the paint color. Um, unfortunately, I didn't haven't done the paint protection, and I got a little, very small little chip on the edge of my head. Um, and um, I was thinking of using the the uh, Tesla touch-up paint, the red multicolor paint, but it's not available. And I just wondered, um, some of the uh, secondary markets, like uh, there's a, a website called Touch-Up Direct, um, they sell the paint, but it's, again, it's not available on the Tesla website. Um, you think it'd be okay to buy the uh, touch-up paint from a, another manufacturer, I guess, called Touch-Up Direct. Anyways, again, love the show. Thanks for your time. Bye. Welcome to the show, David, and thank you for calling in. Let me take your second question first. Uh, I can't speak to the third-party touch-up paint that you mentioned, but if it were my car, I wouldn't do it. Multi-coat red's tricky. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. I've been told that by my detailer. Uh, we've indirectly learned that through Elon's tweets on the subject. I would wait for the official thing from Tesla if it were my car. If you haven't done so already, I would politely call your nearest service center, maybe all of them that are close to you, if you can, to ask about it and to let them know that you'd like to order some as soon as it's available again. And and heck, hey, it couldn't hurt to tweet Elon about it too. You know, that it could be one of those things that Elon's just unaware of, and if he were made aware, he'd delegate it and have it solved in a day. As to where I put my feet in the car when I'm using autopilot, I usually keep my left foot on the dead pedal there on the, the far left, and then my right foot, I will typically just either kind of keep it flat on the floor near the brake or kind of uh, in the same spot but but leaning my uh, knee into the console to the right so that it's kind of my legs, my right legs resting against the center console. So that's, I kind of feel like it's just whatever is comfortable for you, but as always, just prepared to break, prepared to take over uh, at any time. That is the, the key thing to always be diligent of and aware of. Thank you for your call, David. Let's go next to our friend DJ in North Central Ohio with a couple of charging tips. Always happy to spread some, some uh, knowledge and, and good cheer here, good tips. So DJ, take it away. Hey, Ryan, DJ in lovely North Central Ohio here, calling from Evie. Hey, just heard the show, and you were talking about charging, and I thought I'd give a couple of charging tips related to that scheduled charging. Um, some people may or may not know, uh, but firstly, you don't want to charge uh, really a whole, like, close to full, uh, even though you're not charging the full. Um, the best... Uh, spot to charge is either 70% or 80% depending on your charge. So Ryan, hopefully uh, you're charging the 70% nightly with that short commute. Uh, but the second thing is is that scheduled charging, even if you don't have an EV rate plan, uh, in order to maximize your um, your use of your charge, uh, you know, the car does have some vampire drain, so if you charge up and you complete your charge, it's possible, and maybe it's just me being insanely uh, uh, paranoid about being efficient, because that's the way I am, um, but 
you want to start that charge so that it ends as close to when you're going to use the car as possible so you don't lose that vampire drain. I find with my Model S that usually with my, you know, my uh, UMC in a 240-volt, 40-amp uh, circuit, I get about 10% per hour charged. So if I go get home, I have 50% remaining on the battery, and I'm going to charge to 80% the next day. I know that I need three hours to charge, uh, and I will set that to end as close. So if I'm going to leave at 8 o'clock, I will set that to end as close as possible so I don't lose any of that charge. So I'll set my scheduled charging to uh, start at 4.30, knowing that it should end at about 7.30. Anyhow, if I give that tip out there for everyone, enjoy the show as always. Take care, Ryan. This is one of those calls that I have nothing to add to. DJ, I very much appreciate you passing along these, I'll tell you, very solid charging tips from an efficiency-minded Model S veteran such as yourself. I actually am taking one of those tips. I mean, I was already doing number one, but uh, thankfully the car sort of pre-defaults to that. But number two, that's an excellent tip. I was setting it to charge right at 11 when my... uh, EV rates, my lower kilowatt hour rates kick in, but I, I moved it to 3 a.m. so that I probably could even get away with four, even five. Just I don't know, kind of play uh, play with caution a little bit, but yeah, why not eliminate a one or two miles of of vampire drain range off of the off of the charge? That is an excellent tip. Thank you, DJ, as always for your thoughtful calls. Let's go next to Mike, who uh, wants to talk about the next generation of Tesla fans and Tesla owners. Mike, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. Mike Young here. First time, long time. I have two children, ages 8 and 11, and I've noticed that kids in their age group, Gen Z we'll call them, really know about Tesla cars. This seems to be the car that they really want. When we were coming of age, we wanted the VED or the Lambo, But the Tesla is the car that this generation really wants. When my kids first sat in the Model 3, they took to the touchscreen like fish to water. This seems like a natural extension as all of their childhood they've had a tablet or touchscreen of some sort. It seems like you have picked up on this uh, recently and I just wanted to get your thoughts. Keep up the great work. Bye. I think you're onto something here, Mike. And uh, thank you for the call, by the way. Kids do naturally understand and gravitate to touchscreen devices. At least mine does and did practically from birth. And I've, I've seen it with other uh, people's kids, that people in my life as well. And touchscreen devices, as we all know, are all around us nowadays. In fact, to your point, Mike, you could argue that the knobs and buttons in most other cars are baffling and foreign to a child, and thus a kid is not likely, not as likely anyway, to be interested in those cars. I mean, you know, they that doesn't stop a kid from finding a Ferrari to be a stunning vehicle. When I was a kid, I mean, I suppose I probably would have loved Teslas as a kid, but yeah, when I was a kid, I had a poster on the wall of like four exotic cars. I think it was, uh, it was well, it was definitely the Lamborghini Diablo, the Ferrari Testarossa, those beautiful bear claws on the sides of it. And then, gosh, I'm trying to remember what the other two are. Anyway, it's beside the point. Uh, so I think you're right, though, that, that kids just get it with Tesla pretty naturally. Like, it's a pretty organic, natural thing. 
When I explained to my daughter before we got our Model 3, and she's seven, by the way, so I guess she would have been six back, back, uh, you know, like a year ago, but before we got our car and I was explaining to her that it was electric, she just took that as totally normal. It was not strange to her in any way, the same way that it is to adults who've grown up, all of us have grown up with internal combustion engine vehicles as the normal thing, the standard thing. So... We are helping to normalize these cars for an entire next generation of people, and that should only benefit all of us in the coming decades as uh, you know, we are all advocates and supporters of Tesla's mission to try and accelerate the world to sustainable energy use. Thanks, Mike. Jerome, we heard from him. Well, we heard from uh, <laughs> the, the ad he recorded earlier in the show. Here is a call from Jerome in Lake County, California, who wanted to call in in response to the uh, recent bout of extreme, well, maybe not extreme, but in, uh, let's say, frequent price fluctuations on various option prices on the Tesla fleet. So, Jerome, you have the floor. Hey, Ryan, this is Jerome up north of you in Lake County. I was just listening to your podcast and the discussion around the dynamic price fluctuations on various things like paint and other options um, just feels really volatile to me. It's it's just too much. And I'm surprised that I feel that way. I've often in the past felt like Apple and other companies could fluctuate their prices depending on lack of demand, etc., um, and they often don't. They often stay very rigid for long periods of time. Um, but Tesla has really gone the other end of the spectrum to a point where it feels almost like it's changing on a daily basis. And maybe I'm alone in that feeling, but I'm just really surprised uh, how dynamic the price increases and decreases have been for various things. And I know that it's been to your benefit uh, during your order, but it sure does feel like people must be thinking, uh, you know, I, I paid less or heard people paid less and other people paid more. I'm just surprised that it's as dynamic as it is. And I'm just curious if others feel the same way. Great job with podcast. Hope you're liking your car. Talk to you soon. Jerome, thank you for the call. You're right. I happened to catch what has been in hindsight now, pretty much a perfect window for me to order. As I said last week, I'm really bummed for the international folks and for standard battery customers in the U.S. uh, as well. Those people who can't, they can't order yet. And they have to watch these prices rise and their choices diminish. I don't fault you at all for thinking that Tesla is pushing it with regard to the goodwill of their customers, specifically the reservation holders, people that have been on that list for two and a half years now. And, you know, as you probably already heard either earlier this week or uh, earlier in the podcast, they're doing it again with the multi-coat red paint. That's the latest thing. So, yes, Tesla is trying to achieve profitability in the next two quarters, be it via price increases, uh, efficiency maneuvers, or what have you. And that is vital to the long-term health of the company. And, yes, they have the benefit on their side of demand greatly, greatly, greatly outstripping the supply. But still, there is a line to walk, and and I don't disagree that they're teetering on it and and leaning towards the not-so-great side of it. So here's hoping that things calm down really soon in that department. Jason from Newport Beach is next up. 
and he wants to talk about supercharging. Jason, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Jason from Newport Beach calling again. Hope you're well and enjoying the Model 3. I just got my Performance Model 3 a week ago. Love this car. It's great. Question I have for you and listeners. I've noticed that when supercharging, the Model 3 charges at a much faster charge rate than my 2015 Model uh, naturally, it supercharges based on usage, other cars there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it seems to me that under every circumstance, the Model 3 charges faster than the Model S. I was wondering if uh, you had any insight into this question or this observation and what other owners have observed. Thanks. Bye. Congratulations on the P3D, Jason, and thanks for calling in. To the best of my knowledge, it is a battery chemistry issue. The 2170 cells that are in the Model 3 are designed, they're just designed to recharge more quickly than the 18650 cells, which of course at this point are a fair bit older by now. I would expect Model Y to perform the same, and it'll be interesting to see when the S and X see a change to enable some sort of faster charging. Of course, we're also still waiting on V3 supercharging, which could roll out, or at least we maybe we'll start hearing more about it in the next few months. Remember, that was uh, that was an Elon tweet from not too long ago that I think was initially suggesting that we'd hear something right around now. So that's seemingly maybe on the, the back burner a little bit, or at least under the radar. So hopefully we'll get some good news on that front fairly soon. Next is Ron from Nashville, who wanted to call in in response to the idea that was discussed, I believe it was last week, about private mechanics, private service for Tesla instead of necessarily having to take it, take your car to Tesla itself. Ron, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. It's Ron from Nashville. Just got done listening to your latest podcast. I uh, wanted to comment on a couple things. The first was uh, private mechanics for Teslas. Um, I have an acquaintance at the gym who uh, owns a small European body or a uh, uh, auto shop and we've actually had that discussion and he said there are two aspects of that the first is uh getting a mechanic somebody who's actually trained in and knowledgeable about teslas the second is um once you even have somebody like that who apparently costs more than regular mechanics um you need to get equipment um so and that, he said, is uh, pretty expensive to get both the equipment and somebody who knows what they're doing with the cars. So he said he's not looking to make that investment anytime soon. But if there were a lot of people with them in the future and people would be willing to use non-Tesla mechanics, he said he would entertain that possibility. But at this time, that's not something on his uh, in his immediate future. The second, uh, ICE cars. Um, we can totally empathize. Uh, I have an S and my wife has a three and before the three, she had an S and, um, ice cars, just the driving them now is, um, it's just, uh, something that we really don't like. Um, besides feeling dirty, just the other things that you mentioned, um, leaving the cars running, not locking them, et cetera. Uh, it's just Tesla's a very, um, it spoils you, as you said. And uh, the last thing, washing the car, um, you had mentioned a, a, a leaf blower. So uh, recently, for the, I'd say for the past six months, I've been doing waterless washes with my car. 
I watched a video. I'm, uh, you know, I know there's uh, several brands of washless sprays. Uh, I happen to use Meguiar's and Rain-X or two that I bought at Walmart. I'm not to do company plugs, but I'm just telling you where I got them. I, I know you can get them on Amazon as well. But um, if your car is not that dirty, uh, meaning not a lot of bugs or tar or any of that other stuff, um, just, you know, spray this stuff on, use a wet microfiber, wipe it, and then use a dry microfiber to buff it. And uh, 10 minutes in my garage, and um, it looks beautiful. So I don't know if you're interested in going to a waterless wash that is just a matter of spraying some stuff on and wiping it off. Meguiar's had a, has a nice video of using their product. Um, I can say my car looks as nice or nicer than if I did a water wash and wax. So um, that's another option. Thanks for your show. Uh, Keep up the good work and talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Ron. We could do an entire episode about detailing. Uh, Heck, I think there are probably podcasts dedicated solely to that. So I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole here because then everybody will call in with their specific technique. And and that's great, by the way. Uh, there are there are many, many ways to satisfyingly clean your car. Uh, the waterless method certainly has its advantages. I have looked it up. Uh, namely, of course, water conservation and simplicity. For me, I washed my car for the third weekend in a row last weekend, and I'm getting better. I'm getting faster with it each time as I get more comfortable with it. I'm I'm following the two-bucket method recommendation of my detailer, and I'm, I'm making sure to follow it to the letter, mainly because I trust him. You know, he did the work. He put all the, you know, the film, everything. So I trust him to, to guide me in the right direction. Though, you know, to be clear, I certainly don't dismiss any other methods. I will say on a more general level that when I was washing it last weekend, I, I was thinking about how much I was enjoying the experience and the convenience of power washing it in my own garage. It was great. With my DeLorean and then uh, my last car, my the Infinity, I used to always, always, always go to the coin-operated power wash places, you know, the, the ones that always have like five or six bays. Of course, sometimes with the DeLorean, I would just clean the entire car with Windex because the car's just bare stainless steel, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, anyway, the, yeah, you know, the, the, the coin operated power wash places, those were fine. I was happy to do it that way. But for me, it's been really nice to not have to go anywhere or even move the car <laughs> to wash it. So I like that. Cheers, Ron. Thanks again for your call. You always have lots of good calls. Next up, we've got Chris in Maryland who uh, wanted to talk about a particular leasing situation as he awaits his Model 3. Chris, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. Uh, This is Chris in Maryland. Uh, Very much enjoy your show. Listen every week. Um, I'm a uh, day one reservation holder for a Model 3. Um, I still don't have it yet. And I'm also a two-year leasee of a Model S. My Model S lease uh, turn-in ends about October 1st, and uh, I've been in contact with Tesla trying to get my Model 3 before my lease is over. Still no VIN or word from them on the delivery. 
Um, I kind of feel like since I've already given $3,500 now in, in reservation and, and down payment and all that, and I placed my order for my Model 3 at the end of July, uh, that they would be very good to let me have my Model S for a little few, a few days past my lease uh, rather than charging me another month for uh, a lease extension, which is an option. Uh, let's say my delivery date ends up being uh, October 5th or something and my lease is up the 1st. I would, If I were Tesla, I'd just say keep my Model S until the Model 3 gets here. I don't know if that is uh, unreasonable on my uh, part, but it uh, would make me and continue to make me a happy Tesla customer. Just interested in your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. I think your proposal is completely reasonable, Chris. And, and more often than not, in my years of observing Tesla, they do the right thing, whether we're talking morally, ethically, or just with regard to kindness. It literally wouldn't make a difference to their bottom line if you were to hang on to that S a few more days while you wait for your Model 3. So I hope that they do that if it comes to it for you. Uh, I, I, would, I would ask you, have you requested that yet? If not, I would politely do so at your nearest convenience. Hopefully, though, it's going to be a moot point because of that huge Q3 push for profitability and the end of the quarter coming up this the end of this weekend. I would imagine that Tesla is going to try their very hardest, trying to do everything they can to make your delivery happen by September 30th. So good luck to you, Chris. I'll be eager to hear uh, your joy, hopefully joy, when you get your car. John in Hudson Valley, New York is up next, and he has a feature uh, that he, a feature request is the simplest way to put this that I happen to agree with. So John, go ahead. Hey Ryan, this is John from the Hudson Valley of New York. Just a quick thought concerning the authenticated smartphone to unlock feature. It's a pretty cool feature, but it would be even more cool if that functionality were extended to the smartwatch as well. At any given time during the day, I'm more likely to have my watch on my person than my phone, especially when going for a run. The watch has the same Bluetooth technology built in uh, that the phone does. The watch is much less likely to get lost or stolen than the phone. And finally, the battery life on my watch far exceeds that of my smartphones. I was just curious if you heard any rumors or news coming down the pike of Tesla offering this functionality anytime in the near future. I very much enjoy your show and am a Patreon supporter to that effect. Thanks and keep up the good work. Excellent call here, John. And by the way, thank you for your support on Patreon. I really appreciate that. I could not agree with you more. I would love to see this. Uh, I very much enjoy my Apple Watch. I used it to, uh, or I rather, I, I when I traded in my last iPhone, when I bought my last one and traded in my old one, they Apple has a thing now where you can trade in your old phone at the Apple store and they'll give you store credit. And I found that, that their trade-in rate was more than most other of those trade-in places. So I used it towards the watch, and I've been super happy with it ever since. And I have, I've had the same thought, like, man, it'd be cool, you know, with the Model 3, the, the phone is the key. It'd be neat to be able to use the, the watch, and potentially if I want to leave my phone at home for whatever reason, if I'm just going out maybe for a, a, you know, a long walk somewhere or something, and I don't need my phone. But anyway, I, I, again, I would love to see it. I suspect it is a resource-slash-bandwidth issue 
at Tesla. I mean, I don't know for sure, obviously. I mean, for all I know, this functionality might be available tomorrow. But I tell you, I, I did speak to one employee at Tesla who also listens to this show who works in a, uh, so we say, kind of a related department. And while he didn't have any specific knowledge about it, uh, when I brought it up to him, he did seem like he was kind of making a mental note to pass along. Not that I'd be telling them anything they they don't already know, but uh, I figure it's got to be on their their app roadmap for the for the Tesla app. But it's just a question of of how far down the priority list it is. You know, smartwatches are definitely becoming more and more ubiquitous. So I do think that it's it's not if but when with this whether that's in six months or in two years. So thank you again for your call. And next, we've got Steve from Maryland who wanted to discuss the disappearing paint colors that we talked about last week. Steve, you're on the air. Brian, this is Steve from Maryland. On your most recent episode, you were talking about the email that went out about the limited paint colors. It was um, in, that, in that email, two things I thought were significant that we didn't cover was, um, first of all, if you ordered one of those colors, they were going to expedite your um, order in front of others. It sounded like in two to four weeks you could get a four-wheel drive version, which would then qualify for the U.S. tax credit. Um, Secondly, I've never heard this before, but maybe this isn't news, but it mentioned in there that you had two days to return um, for a full refund, and I've never heard that that language before um, in the in any of the literature. In fact, I once heard a story that a guy had to put his deposit and didn't qualify for financing and then lost his deposit. So this sounds like you could take delivery and then two days return it and just wipe your hands and, 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 and let them have everything back and you get your money back. So I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on that and any comments you have. Thanks. Love the show. Thank you, Steve. And you're right. I apparently did not source the entire email, just a snippet of it. It does indeed say, and I quote, Model 3 orders placed before Friday in metallic silver or obsidian black metallic will be produced on an expedited basis, so may be available as soon as two to four weeks. As a reminder, you can easily buy a Tesla online without visiting a store or doing a test drive and have it delivered directly to your home or work. We are highly confident that you will feel great about your purchase, which is why you can always return it within two days for a full refund, end quote. Well, part of that is moot, as the grace period on those paint colors ended uh, today, as I record this, September 21st. Though, for the record, I will note, it does say may be available as soon as two to four weeks. They're kind of, you know, they're covering themselves there. But, Steve, you're absolutely right about the return policy. Elon has mentioned that offhandedly a couple of times on Twitter to people, but it's never been actually formalized like this to the to the best of my knowledge. Uh, and this is a good thing, by the way. This is a good thing. Though it does beg the question of if it was only applicable to this off-menu paint color ordering, or is that now standard policy for every Model 3 and or every Tesla period? So we'll see what we can find out about that. Our final call this week, the honor goes to Juan in Sacramento, who wanted to share some news. So, Juan, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is uh, Juan from Sacramento, California, and I'm calling you on day two of my brand new job at Tesla in Rockland. 
And uh, I, you know, I've been a long time following uh, following reviewers uh, through IGN, and uh, and I follow you on Twitter. I had no idea that you had also a Tesla podcast, so I just discovered it this morning. And coincidentally, I'm also driving behind a Tesla at the moment, but uh, I'm heading into work, and I just want to praise uh, the podcast and say that thanks to listening to it, it just gives me. A little bit more confidence walking into my brand new job, and it gives a little bit more substance to what I'm talking about when I'm talking to customers, and 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 so thank you. I am so happy to you know listen to something that is relevant to my day to day work life, uh, and I'll be seeing you on Twitter, on IGN, and now the Tesla podcast. Thanks a lot, Juan. Congratulations on your new job, and by the way, thank you for the kind words. And more importantly, thank you for being a part of Tesla. And I mean that. Anytime that I meet a Tesla employee out in the world, I always say hi to them uh, when I can, when I, when I know it. And I like to make sure I say thank you to them. Thank you for being, and this, the thing I always say is thank you for being part of the solution. I was walking by, I was walking Daisy, and I saw some uh, Tesla solar guys, a couple of guys uh, getting like kind of, prepping for work inside somebody's garage. And I just, uh, I was like, oh, you guys doing Powerwall? And, uh, and just, yeah, I said, thank you for being part of the solution. And that's, uh, that's always been something that I, uh, that I like to say to Tesla employees. And so I say it to you, to, to you, Juan. Uh, and hey, by the way, uh, if you get a chance, uh, you know, maybe put the podcast on in the showroom cars from time to time, you know, accidentally <laughs> a little free advertising wouldn't hurt me anyway uh no i'm just kidding around but uh thanks so much to you and to everybody for your excellent calls this week i encourage you to keep those calls coming again the two easy ways to call into the show are either recording something on your smartphone and then email that file to me at the email address teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can call and leave a message anytime toll-free on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That number is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back with a couple of Spirit of Adventure notes for you and some parting thoughts right after this. So two quick things I wanted to mention to you about my Spirit of Adventure adventures from last weekend. Number one, first of all, of course, I spotted not just one of each, multiple brown and green Model S's over the past week after I was talking about them being unicorns on last week's podcast. I saw a couple of each, a couple of green ones, a couple of brown ones. So that's, that's always fun. Uh, that was just the, the, the universe having a little fun with me on that one. And then the other thing I want to talk about was, uh, just to tell you, I got sent to autopilot jail last weekend. So I was down visiting a friend of mine in the very South Bay, uh, and I was on my way back up and I was, I was on the 101 freeway coming North and there was a, there was an exit, but not like a normal exit where you're slowing down. It was, it was actually like a it was kind of an interchange to go onto another freeway. So I had to, I was, I needed to get over two lanes. So from where I was, get over to the right and autopilot was on. I was cruising. I think I had it set to 65 because uh, yes, DJ, I was trying to uh, take your challenge, although it got completely 
the, the challenge got completely blown out uh, by my friend Jeff, who is a, a Model S owner himself. Uh, he he was driving my car and in doing so in a very spirited way. I trust Jeff implicitly, so the watt hour per mile went went out the window on that. So I'll have to work on that another another time. But anyway, so yeah, I'm just going along, and then there was a uh, there was another car. There was a, there was a Prius next to me, and I needed to get around it. So, but it was basically more or less pacing me, pacing my autopilot. So I couldn't, I, my choice was basically with this, with this exit coming up to go onto this other freeway, I could either fall back or zoom forward. And, and, uh, I, I'm not a fan of falling back cause it's freeway. You don't want to, you, you don't want to be slowing down on the freeway for no reason like that, in my opinion. So I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to have to, I'm going to have to just hit the, hit the accelerator and zip around this guy. Uh, so I can get over and and get onto this other freeway. So I got on the the pedal, and seriously, I'm kidding you not. Without even realizing it, <laughs> like in a, in an instant, the I got I just crept over ninety. I hit like ninety two, and autopilot really didn't like that because the auto you know it was still on. I just hit the accelerator. Uh, and it was beeping at me and it was yelling at me and it it disengaged autopilots so like take control immediately. And because the limit for autopilot's 90 and uh, I tried to turn it back on and it threw me in autopilot jail. It said, you cannot use autopilot for the remainder of this trip. I would have had to pull over, put it in park and start over. And of course, I'm on a freeway. I had no, there was not a place to do that. So I had to, I basically had to wait till I got off the freeway and then got to a stoplight where I could put the car in park and, and uh, then start over. So Word to the wise, uh, the Teslas, all of them, not just the P3D. I've I've had a similar experience in the the long range Model Three and other Teslas I've driven. Ninety can come up really quick when you're already cruising on the freeway. Watch out that you don't get thrown in autopilot jail. So uh, that was my little anecdote for this past week. Anyway, I want to throw some plugs out there first. For Immaculate Reflections, they took great care of my car in the detailing department, doing the paint correction, the paint protection film, and the ceramic coating. And so I want to mention you can visit their website. If you want to learn more about them or about uh, their their uh, options and things, things they can offer you, irdetailing.com is the website. You can also read customer engagements, customer feedback on there or on, uh, on them via Yelp or Instagram, and they're on, uh, so it's yelp.com slash immaculate underscore reflections. Same thing with Instagram. It's the immaculate underscore there, so check them out. And then there's Abstract Ocean, purveyors of fine aftermarket Tesla goods. I'd say, you know, like I say, they specialize in lighting, improved, upgraded LED lighting uh, components, whether it's interior lights, you know, foot footwell lights, um, the puddle lights, of course, with the you know the the three SX or Tesla T logos, you know, bat signaling down onto the ground when you open the door at night, the Tesla lettering. They've got lanyards if you want to get a Tesla lanyard. All kinds of neat stuff over at AbstractOcean.com. And what makes that extra cool is that. 
As, as longtime listeners know, they've been offering the coupon code for listeners of this podcast for quite a while, and it's still going. So for if it's your first time buying at abstractocean.com, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, RTLPODCAST at checkout, and you'll get 15% off of your order. That's a pretty nice discount. So thank you to abstractocean.com for continuing to keep that going for the Ride the Lightning audience. Uh, Patreon. If you enjoy the podcast and you would uh, like to, you're wondering how you can support me here in the uh, the, it, the vast amounts of time and energy that do go into this because, you know, the show's gotten bigger and bigger. You really, If you go back, if you even just look at the timestamps, the show went from, this podcast went from like 20, 25 minutes every week and it got up to like 45 minutes a week pretty consistently, then an hour a week pretty consistently. Now it's it's been kind of an hour 15 to an hour and a half pretty consistently. And that's a testament to all the great phone calls that I get on the Ride the Lightning hotline and just, you know, me getting more comfortable and having just, there's always more stuff to talk about in the world of, tes- in the world of Tesla, I should say. So um, if you enjoy the podcast, if it informs you, hopefully maybe even entertains you and you might want to support me, Patreon is the most awesome way to do that. It's totally optional. As I always say, There's you're always going to get the show for free no matter what. But if you would like to support me on Patreon, you can read more about that on my Patreon page. Find that at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And the Patreon producers, these are the folks at the producer tier uh, who get the extra shout out? That's part of their perk every uh, every week. In this case, I want to say hi to Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, Robert Miracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman. Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Stefan Joris, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Rick Sinta, Bill Royko, Scott Gillis, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, JC at ev-alliance.co.uk, otherwise known as Cookie UK, and EV wraps. Thank you all so, so much. Uh, the referral code, my referral code, if you're buying a Tesla or somebody in your life is, would love it if you would use my referral code. So again, free unlimited lifetime supercharging is out, but you can still, hey, you still get something. If you use the referral code, that person buying the car, whether it's you or someone in your life, will get that $100 supercharging credit, which is, you know, that's going to be good for a number of trips. Uh, potentially a lot of trips, depending where you are in the country. Uh, so my referral code is Ryan73014. That's 73014. You can give that to your sales advisor, or if you're ordering online, type this into your web browser, ts.la slash Ryan73014. That will take you to a landing page on tesla.com where you can then choose whether you're, uh, if you're going to buy Model S, any Model S, any Model X, or Performance Model 3. That's uh, what the referral is good for. Sadly, it's not usable on standard uh, long-range Model 3s, but 
any of those other ones. Use it, enjoy it, get that $100 supercharging and happy travels to you. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Again, that's just, it's a total free thing. It's not a monetary thing. It's just the podcast downloading to you automatically. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, preferably Google Podcasts if you're an Android person. Stitcher, TuneIn, which again, TuneIn is in the car. That's in your Tesla. Spotify, or the hosting website, teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, Com, or every episode's also on YouTube as well, just in pure audio form. And I think, oh, that's right. Last thing, the Jada wireless charging pad. If you're buying one, uh, it is this. I don't have a discount for that, unfortunately. But again, full transparency, if you if you do want to buy one, I'd love it if you would use this referral code that they gave me because I'll get a couple of bucks out of the sale. So that's uh, that would be super appreciated if you're interested in it. Uh, that is the the URL is getjada.com. Jada spelled J E D A. So G E T J E D A dot com slash R E F for referral slash eight. So getjada.com slash R E F slash eight. Okay, I think we're really done now. That is a lot. It was a huge week. It was a fun week though. This was a really, really fun week. I'm curious to see how tomorrow goes in Fremont, trying to help out. If it goes at all, maybe they'll, maybe they'll tell me to stay home. That's entirely possible, but uh, we'll see. And I'm uh, hopefully going to be doing a weekend, a birthday weekend drive. I have a particular drive in mind that the, the wife was interested in as well that I think we're going to do on Sunday. So that should be fun as well. Be great to to take the spirit of adventure out and about. It's, I, I, I tell you, I look, I try to get through my week. I'm lucky I have a job that I enjoy, but it's lately, I really want to get to the weekend so I can go drive the Model 3. It is just, it is such a fun, fun thing. It's really, there's, the car's not perfect, right? Like, you know, it's not the perfect car, but it's, for all the, the long wait and how much I, I built this up for myself, actually having it now is totally great. I love it. I mean, it's so much fun. It's just, just so much about it I love. It's, it's amazing. Um, when I say it's not perfect, I'm talking about like, yeah, the, the rear visibility is terrible. I hate the rear visibility in the car. And that's there's nothing about that that can change. No software update's going to fix that. But... You know, that's the, but, you know, by and large, boy, for, for all, as much as I built it up for myself over the past number of years, both with this podcast every week and long before that too, when I was daydreaming about this car, it's really, it's really lived up to it, which is saying something about how great Tesla's vehicles are. It's just something else. So anyway, for the now sleeping Daisy, the boxer puppy, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, This was Ride the Lightning episode 164. Happy electric motoring to you, and I'll see you back here next week. Every Sunday, the new episode drops at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific.
I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun. 